You're listening to Conversations with Kathy, podcast for women who are looking for a place filled with honest conversations, tangible takeaways, and new perspectives on life, love, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Katyan Roach. Let's jump right in. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations with Kathy. And this week, we are chatting with Alicia. And let me tell you, Alicia sent me one line when we were talking about setting up this podcast. One line, and that line said, I grew up in a cult. And I went like, huh? (laughs) You know, when I hear the word cult, people from my generation, we tend to think about things like Waco and things about like Jim Jones. And those are really sad reminders of how things can definitely go wrong. But Alicia's story is one of self-discovery, one of self-analysis and investigation that we all need to do on a daily basis as we strive to bring the best versions of ourselves to this thing called life. So let's jump right into Alicia's story. I'm sure you are going to get a lot of value. So hi, Alicia. As you know, I'm super excited to talk to you. You know, like I told you before on our very first meeting, other people have stories that they say, well, I grew up with a single parent or I grew up with my grandparents or I moved around a lot. And we're all ready to talk about these stories. But then you walk into the room and you say, well, I grew up in a cult. And all of a sudden the conversation changes into you did what? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And for people of my generation, I mean, when we hear the word cult, I think about Jim Jones and I think about those tragedies of what happened. But for the listener, those of you who may not be familiar with what a cult is, Trusted Wikipedia said, in modern English, a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or by its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. So my thing is, when you say you grew up in a cult, let's just start from the perspective. Was this religion-based? Because a lot of times we hear cult, we think it's something, some sort of religion you're following. You know, how was it for you? What was it for you? Yes. So it was a fundamentalist Christian group. Right. And when I say fundamentalist, I mean the Bible is word, taking things from the Bible very literally and like spare the rod, spoil the child. If mm-hmm. you've ever heard that one. Yes, you I know, have. Yes. yes. There's a lot of different organizations that will use that to condone the spanking of children, which I'm pro and against at the yeah. same time. I think there's time and place for everything, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely more on the side of how can we encourage our children to explore their feelings rather than just yelling at them or spanking the misbehavior out of them. Another one that I like to think about is the idea that women shouldn't be in any type of authority. You'll see a lot of Paul in the New Testament. He talks a lot against women and women being in authority, which I mean, if you talk to any woman now, she's like, oh, no. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> like, course. Uh, no, yes. we need to be an authority and we need to have a say, especially in our households and how we're raising our children and kinds of things that are happening. But fundamentalist Christian, that was the, uh, the organization. So it was like a strictly Bible-based, follow the Bible to the letter type organization. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wouldn't say to the point of like, don't mix cotton and polyester, like it's <laughs> right. in the Old Testament. 
um, but very close. Make sure that you are being very conservative. Boys don't talk to girls. Everybody stay separate. It is God first, then the authority at the group, and then adults. It didn't matter if it was your parent or not, all adults. And then children are meant to be seen and not heard. Yeah. So this is the number one question. How did this happen? How did you end up being a member of a cult? Yes. So for the majority of my mom's life, she was a drug addict and she wanted to try to get her life together. And so this program had the disguise of an 18 month women's program to help them rehabilitate, get off of drugs, uh, get their life together, but with their children, which you don't see that a lot. Usually it's only the women, their children are not allowed there. Uh, It's to get the women focused, but this was one that allowed the children. And I'm the oldest of five kids. So my mom was like, yes, I want to have my kids with me while I get my life together. I want them to you know, grow up different than I did and whatever it was. So this 18 month program, we joined back in 2001 and we were there for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. 18 (laughs) months turned into 10 years. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as you, as a child, you are now in this space, but this is to you, I'm sure a better environment at the start than you were in before. Because with your mom having her issues, you're now in a better, you're in a safer space. You have more stability. So how was it growing up in the organization? Yeah, so at first, and it wasn't all bad, like at all. Like there are some really terrible things that happened emotionally. It was a lot of emotional abuse and psychological abuse rather than physical or sexual. It was not like that at all. But when I first got there as the oldest and as like, the oldest of the children and really wanting to help my siblings and always being there for my siblings, especially during my mom's addiction, I was their second mom. And so when we got there, I thought, we don't have to pay for anything. I'm, I was 11. Like I should not have had to worry about that stuff, but it, yeah. it was my reality. And realizing like, we have clothes on our back. We have a place to stay. Mom's not running around. We're able to be with mom wow, that's incredible. And I was like, amazed. I was like, this is fantastic. I'm so happy that we're able to do this. And then as I got older, it was when I realized we've been here for a a while now. (laughs) And when I graduated high school, which we were homeschooled, but I was able to get a diploma. I wanted to go to college and they said, no, you can't, you have to go to this Bible college out in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania and or you're going to hell and I was like wow wait what (laughs) (laughs) and then I wouldn't have a place to come home to because I would be dis disowned and so I either had to go to this bible college or try to make it on my own in a world that I viewed because of the way that they taught a world that I viewed was full of sinful people and terrible people and Mm -hmm. terrible things that will happen to you especially as a woman And I was terrified, like, how in the world am I supposed to do anything on my own? I don't have a home to come back to. So I went to the Bible college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in our conversation, you said that was when things started to change for you. You know, this is when you, but before we hit there, where was your mom at this point? How was she dealing with all of this? Was she fully indoctrinated into the system? You know, was she okay with everything at this point? Yeah. So... Addiction has a very, and I think reliance on something. 
in any way, shape or form has a very interesting way of giving up your will okay. and having you at a place in your life where you don't feel comfortable making your own decisions. And this place fed on that. They just were like, everything goes through the leadership. You don't make decisions on your own. When my mom wanted to go back to school to get her registered nurse license, that had to be approved. And she still had to be working at the camp and mentoring the women coming up under her um, while going to school, while having kids. When she finally got the job uh, as a registered nurse, she's still on her days off, which if you know anything about registered nurse schedules, it's like three days on, four days off, but it's like 12 to 14 hour shifts. It's wild. And she still had to be there on her days off giving um, in order to stay in the group and not have to worry about making decisions for herself or doing things on her own. And I think she was at the point where she was afraid that she would fail because they didn't teach real rehabilitation yeah. and being able to empower the women to make mm-hmm. decisions on their own. It was more about controlling them and having them stay within the group and not fall. That way they right. could say, we have a great rate of women who don't fail because yeah. no one leaves. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, so now you are moving off to college, but you still have younger siblings. So they are still, everybody's still there and you've moved on to the approved university and life does what for you. I'm assuming you've met people who think the same way like you, who are kind of coming out of the same situation or was a mixed bag of people? It was a bit of a mixed bag, but it was also very fundamentalist Christians still. And so it wasn't really different. It was just moving from one authoritative figure to the next for me. And it wasn't until my internship, my third year, and I didn't, like, I don't have any credits from this college. It is not yes. accredited at wow. all. It's literally wow. just years of my life <laughs> Wow. <laughs> put into a very middle of the nowhere environment. Um, yes, I learned a lot about myself, uh, but I learned more about myself after. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then my third year, they put me in New York City to work at a church, and I worked in the accounting office. And then I had a cell phone and I discovered the world of online dating. And right. of course I wasn't supposed to, <laughs> yes, I wasn't yes. allowed to, but I've been cooped up for years of my life. And I was like, this is the life I'm yeah, living yeah, it up. Yeah, I got yeah, my yeah, belly yeah. button pierced. It oh, was a wow. phase. <laughs> it was a phase. <laughs> you went the other way. You know, there's this saying about like, sometimes when you're in a cage, you, I was speaking about this with another guest too. And I've seen it like, like dogs. You know, if you have them in a, if you have a puppy that's all, all in a cage all the time, what ends up happening? He either, when you open the door, he either races out of there like mad or he just sits there and doesn't know what to do. So you just raced out of there. <laughs> I did. And my sister and I were talking about that the other day because she had a very similar experience when she was 18 to 20. Yeah. And just like that, you're breaking free and you you go to the exact opposite of like, how far am I willing to go to be the person that I don't even know who I am yet, but let me figure that out. And yeah. that's what I was just doing within three years time. What would have been, you know, someone's 10 years of like, you know, testing different things and then landed on something that's very, and I'm very conservative in and of myself now as like a mom and a wife and all the things. And it's funny because like looking back, I like went to the extremes and like, you yeah, know, I don't like that stuff. And then I kind of find my, found my balance in the middle. <laughs> 
Now, some might say, I'm not hearing anything wrong with this. You grew up in a safe space. You grew up um, well, with good values, good morals. Like any other young person, you explored, you, you came out there and you lived your life. So what is the problem? Cult doesn't sound too bad. What is the issue? Is there an issue? <laughs> yeah, so that's oh, such a good question. I would say there is and there isn't. Because, yes, it was a very confined area and I was, you know, I was safe. Mm -hmm. But when I left, I didn't know what my own values were. It was only what I'd been told were my values, what had been pressured on me to be my values. I remember the first time uh, a friend of mine asked me if I would join a yoga class with her. And I was like, oh, no, that's Satan. Like, you can't go to you. Like, what are you talking? Like, yoga? What? No, that's <laughs> opening your. And I was like, yeah, that's not mine. Like, that belief is not mine. <laughs> I yeah. need to just figure this out for myself. And when I left, I had to drop all of those beliefs, like everything I believed growing up and then pick up what was mine and pick yeah. up what I knew to be true based on my experiences inside and outside, that the world wasn't filled with terrible human beings and people with gnarly teeth who are just out to murder you. Like, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not what the world is. There are beautiful, wonderful people in the world. And there are ways that, you know, and even leaving, I didn't talk about being in a cult for years. It was only this year, and we're recording in 2020, that I actually started opening up about my past and people who had known me since I became a mom six years ago in mom groups and things like that. And people I've connected with that when I came out and said, yeah, I grew up in a cult, they were like, what? Yes, like, yes. I've known you for years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I just, I blocked a lot of that out. And in an attempt to rediscover who I am, Mm -hmm. And what I believe, what I know to be true, because I had been pressured and pushed into this confined box of beliefs that are not true right. because of what they feared would happen. So how did you start this process? Because I can believe that is very difficult to, some things are easy to experiment with and others are like, no way. You know, it's just this big block in terms of it's wrong. This is wrong. I can't do this. It's something. How did you move past that in some of the areas that were, or what were some of the areas that it was really a struggle to move past a particular belief? Yeah. So I think that the hardest one is that <laughs> this is so silly because some kids are like empowered to do this, but as being growing up in the goal and not being able to like that, my opinions matter that I'm allowed to have an opinion right. and that there are people who want to hear my opinion and people that want to hear my voice and hear what I have to say, because for so long as children are meant to be seen and not heard everything, like the authority needs to clear this. Like sometimes I still forget I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can, you can make your own decision. <laughs> make my own decisions and I can do like, I can go to the store if I want to. Whereas yeah. the, like growing up, like you weren't allowed to, there were designated days to go out. There were designated times to go out. The boys were given a lot more freedom in sports and local things than girls were uh, just to protect the girls from, I don't know, getting pregnant or something, whatever mm -hmm. they thought. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know. Yeah. And that like my, I can value who I am as a person because I'd been like locked into this person who I, I thought I was, but coming out realizing 
that's not me. That's just who I wanted to be in order to not upset the basket or to not get in trouble. Cause I'm very much a goody two shoes. And I just like, yes, follow the rules. If you go to the checkout line and you have more than 20 items, don't go in the 20 items yeah. or less line. You know? <laughs> yes, like, yes. That's just how I am. Whereas yeah. my husband's like, you have 21 items. Go to the 20. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Yeah, there are rules. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And like, you know, I, so I'm like that personally, like just my personality is like that, but I don't have to be like that all the time. I don't have anyone that's over my shoulder checking what I'm doing or telling me that my thoughts are sinful or that my, I'm in my pride because I disagree with an adult. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> I can disagree and we can have a healthy conversation about it. And even raising my own children, like I have a son who's very, very opinionated, which we encourage because. I don't want him to grow up and think that his opinions don't matter or that he can't have his own opinions as an adult or even as a child. Like I can say, well, that's not really true. This is what the facts are and lay those out for him. And if he still chooses to believe what he believes, then that's fine. That's on him. But I can lay out the facts and say, this is what's true. This is what I know to be true based on X, Y, Z. And I'll give him explanations on why things happen and, and why we do things the way we do. But like, empowering me to be the parent that I, w- I didn't see growing up in any of the women or any of the staff that were there um, to be able to raise my kids to be self-aware adults. So, yeah. I know you <laughs> spoke about your sister. So your other family members, I'm assuming everyone is grown now. How are yeah, they? So yeah. my youngest sibling is 10 years younger than me. So he's just, he's 18, 19, something like that. And yeah, everybody is good, but everybody's struggling still, you know, like to like, there's a lot of issues that they're still dealing with as adults and as young, young adults in trying to discover who they are, what they want out of life and really being able to figure out what do I stand for and what are those things that they hold to be true. I spent a lot of the, you know, years after leaving, just pretending it didn't happen. And just like ignoring it and dealing with things as they came up, like the yoga thing that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it's really only been recently that I've been, as I therapeutically talk through other cults and talk through other things and really being able to identify this is what happened. And this is how I can move forward with it, especially in talking to other cult survivors has been so instrumental in in seeing the similarities and seeing that I'm not alone in my struggles, that there are other people out there who have been through very similar things. So have you used any specific tools or is it that you, first you said it was just avoidance. I'm just going to live as though that didn't happen and I'm just going to move on. And then it's, okay, as things come up, I'm going to explore why do I feel this way about the thing? So you'd say that's what you use. As situations came up, you just ask yourself, okay, why is it that I think this way about this particular thing? Yeah? Yes. And so I would either talk to my, one of my siblings through it, um, since they've been through something similar, or a friend of mine who grew up with us in the cult, like we still have some friends that are around our same age. Before my mom passed, I would talk through them with her and like really explore that with her and and see what her point of view was. And then I like to do a lot of journaling and Mm self-reflection, especially on values, because when you're growing up, a lot of the values are pushed on you and like, this is what we value as a family, but you're not really able to identify those for yourself. And so I like to do a lot of exploring and journaling of, 
all right, what are my values? What do I hold to be true? Where do I want, what values do I have as a person? Not just as a family unit, not just as, you know, a mom, but as a person, what do I value? And what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to show up for other people in my life? And you, it looks very different than the way I grew up, you know, but it's, it's able to like really put that out on paper and see and just kind of write and yeah. go with it. Yeah. So your podcast actually talks about all of these sorts of things and helps people overcome. It's about finding out, I guess, what I'm hearing, who you really are and what you want, as well as some of the values that you hold on to, where are they really coming from? Yeah. So that's not exactly what the podcast is about, but yes, Mm -hmm. that's something that I've learned through doing it and just being able to therapeutically talk through. Uh, What we do with the podcast is we talk through a different cult every week or every two weeks, depending on how long the topic is. Mm -hmm. And we explore the leader very deeply and what made them who they were, because a lot of people who are cult survivors will blame themselves and say, was it my fault? We say no, not at all. It was the person preying on you during your weakest point, but it is not your fault that you were weak during that point. Like that is not your fault that you lost someone that you loved and you were in a vulnerable place and they took advantage of that. That's on them. They're the ones who did the terrible things and took advantage of you. And we talk a lot lot about the different things that happen. And obviously there's a lot of emotions that go into it. And like, but it brings up those memories that I've spent so much time suppressing that I'm realizing now, like, oh yeah, that's like this thing that happened. And my sister and I will talk through it and say, yeah, that's like the camp when this happened. Mm -hmm. And then it really allows us to see the correlation on the different levels of what was really going on. Now, I know you just touched on it a little bit before, and as you described what your podcast is about, but for the person listening, if you can share one takeaway for somebody who may be in a situation that they feel as though they've lost their power, they've lost their voice, they're still struggling to figure out who they are, which are some of these things that you would have experienced coming out of that sort of environment, what would you say to that person right now? I would say take your time, that you don't have to heal quickly, that You are allowed to give yourself space and say, today, I'm not dealing with it. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that is okay. I remember after I lost my mom, I would be driving home from work and I would just get overwhelmed with grief. And I'm driving. I need to focus on driving. And I realize as I'm like sobbing and emotional, I'm doing 70 miles an hour and I need to slow down. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this is not safe for me. And so Mm -hmm. really just saying, okay, guides whoever, whatever spiritual entity you believe in or thing that you believe in, take this so I can focus and give it back to me when I'm ready. And that's okay. Like you so often were like, you need to deal with your issues and you need to focus on exactly what, you know, you need to move forward. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't, sometimes you just need to take a breath and breathe <laughs> and just be yeah. able to like, okay, I need to get through today. How am I going to do that? And I can't do that with the overwhelming feelings. I can't do that with the stress of what I'm going through. It's okay to just enjoy the day and then deal with it tomorrow, you know? So I would say that really give yourself space, give yourself time. It's not going to get fixed overnight. I talked to a woman recently. She'd been out of a cult for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and she still was like, I think about it every day. She spent a year in her bed. I think about it every day. Like, 
it takes time these yeah. and even bad relationships like we talked about before you hit record yeah it's very similar to being in a bad relationship an abusive relationship whether that's yeah. with a significant other a boyfriend girlfriend a parent mm-hmm. where they are controlling your decisions and controlling your life and you don't feel like you have your own voice or you have your own power it's okay to take time yeah and i think that's great great advice and alicia thank you so much for sharing your story for having this conversation you know i just know that someone listening will get value out of this and will be moved to do what's necessary to take the next step in their own life so thank you so very 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 much yes you're very welcome thank you for having me on thank you for listening to conversations with kathy If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps others just like you to find the show. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Kathy Ann Roach or in my Facebook group, Conversations with Kathy, where we connect live, discuss the episodes, and share tips for improving our lives. So until next time. Bye.